please be advised. Spoiler alert episode. Spoiler. Please be advised. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. What? 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 Which episode is what this? What is this? <laughs> How are you doing this? <laughs> Shape of Water. Oh. Spoiler app. Number 73. Yes. So we've done 404 regular episodes, 73 mm-hmm. spoilers. Mm-hmm. And then some of them we haven't counted, like as bonus apps and stuff. Yeah. They don't even have numbers. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, when you add all that together, that's like over a thousand episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. That's, that's absolutely correct. That's great math. I'm a favor of your math. Yeah, I'm rounding. We're rounding up in multiples of 500, (laughs) which is always fantastic. That's how the government does it. it. Why can't we do it? Yeah. So uh, now I'm excited to talk about this movie because it's the kind of movie that really deserves a spoiler because it's so um, indescribable. And some of it is where you just you have to have a spoiler to talk about it because we're going to be talking about the ending, you know, Mm -hmm. key plot points and. There's so much that happens in this movie uh, that uh, you, there's just a lot to talk about. Yeah, so real quick, for, uh, we always got to do this every episode because a lot of people just find us for the very first time. So we're going to talk about the shape of water, the everything in the movie, the ending, key plot points. So if you have not seen the movie and you don't want to have that ruined for you or spoiled, hence the title, I would hit the pause button. Yes, Jam see the movie, head. then yeah. come back. Then come back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but you're right. So this movie... Is one of those because you 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 can only talk around it. So you're either going to give stuff away if you're trying not to give away right. spoilers, mm-hmm. or you just have to talk in the most vague. Yeah, this this deaf, there's a fish man. Yeah, there's and a, a fish deaf, man, uh, and deaf cleaning lady, and a deaf cleaning or mute cleaning lady, mute cleaning lady, and um, yeah, she has feelings for him. You can't. Yes. That's it. Yeah. And a guy who goes to the pie store but doesn't eat pie. Right. <laughs> So it's just like there's n- there's nothing else you can say. So I want to mm-hmm. talk about the ending first. Yes. Mm-hmm. She grows gills, yes. jumps in the water with him, and lives right. under the sea for the rest of her life. Pretty much. Becomes a mermaid. And uh, uh, it, it's interesting in a way that um, I wasn't expecting. Like It's like you, a female splash. Yes, <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <Yeah>. Tom Hanks <laughs> joins Daryl Hannah living under the sea as a, as a man-man. Yeah. And, or a merman. Uh, and sings with a crab with a calypso accent. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> Under the sea, that's where I'll be. Under the sea, shape of water. We are making love in the bathroom. <laughs> so, uh, you know, maybe they, when they go to the Caribbean, they really are going to the Caribbean, just in the ocean. Right. So, but um, what I liked about it was there was no detail left to chance. Like, everything had a purpose. Everything from the color to the way uh, a scene was shot to the way an actor uh, was presented. Everything had a purpose. Like, the scars on her neck became gills, right. which was, you know, part of her journey and the metaphors of uh, of transitioning and, and uh, not growing. Being, yeah, and not having a voice. That There's that great scene where she goes to Richard Jenkins and and says listen to me. you know he and he's sort of dismissive of her of like yes she's like we got to let this guy loose and he's like oh come on and she's like listen repeat everything she's doing this silently repeat everything i'm saying and and she's like spells it out 
he can't he doesn't have a voice he can't talk right you know i can't talk right. i'm not important and, in this world you and know one of the lines that she said is like you know the 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 asset as they call it right. in the uh mm-hmm. in the movie like the fish man doesn't know that there's anything missing from me like the fact yeah. that she can't speak That's like he does, doesn't know that there's something like that she's incomplete mm-hmm. so um and that was one of the reasons too as part of the love story you see the cause and effect of like um you know as ridiculous as it is she falls in love with a fish man <laughs> um you know somehow Guillermo del Toro makes it believable but it's moments like that where he pulls it off yeah because that's what he does so mm-hmm. there's this humanity to it that's just like oh of course she's in love with the fish guy and she's got to set him free like you just because for, and, and it's so, it's so many wonderful things she's an amazing actress yes and the all the little details here he sets the tone so the opening credits with the Richard Jenkins voiceover saying we're going to find out there's a princess. Sally Hawkins' names comes up and find out who the real evil person is. Michael Shannon's names come up. So he's right. already just telling you from the beginning. He mm-hmm. plants that seed. The opening scene, she's in the bathtub masturbating. Yes. <laughs> That's, she masturbates in the yeah. bathtub, but it's not yeah. It's not creepy. It's not like, it's not like hey, yeah. It's like, oh. But hey. Guillermo del Toro is telling you at the beginning of the film, this is hard art. This is yeah. <laughs> he's like it it This is not a kid's fa- This is fable. not a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. It is it is but it's an adult fable and it's done mm-hmm. even even the you know the her in the bathroom scene at the beginning I was like, "Oh, that's kind of sexy." And also, you just told me so much of who this woman is. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like she's She's lonely just because she's a mute and wears plain clothes doesn't mean she doesn't, she doesn't have, have needs. She doesn't need. She doesn't mm-hmm. have a sex drive. You know, she mm-hmm. doesn't want love and 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 all of that. So it was like, wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we see this the, the setting of her life. It's all set up. The right. movie theater she lives above. Mm-hmm. You know, and I love the. It's early '60s. Like Kennedy is in the White House. Cold War. Cold War. Definitely mm-hmm. Cold War. That's that's integral to the story. Yeah. But just. It's this sort of old school showbiz fantasy land. He sets that tone immediately. So when there's a, a musical, a black and white musical, while she's in a dress dancing with the fish man on a stage with a full orchestra, yeah. it's like, oh yeah, of course, of course this of course. is her fantasy. Why wouldn't this be in the movie? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all and they do it, they they light it so it's like this is her fantasy. Right. Where she's like she can sing and talk in the fantasy and he mm-hmm. can hear her in the fantasy. Right. And that's what it would feel like. Yes. Mm-hmm. If I got to if he got to hear me, it would be like dancing in some Fred Astaire. Right. Ginger Rogers. Ginger Rogers. Movie. Beautiful gowns. Mm-hmm. The love of my life. Right. So it's you know, even as a a fantasy sequence, nothing was no detail was left to chance or just felt random. It really felt like, well, this is what it would look like mm-hmm. and this is what it would feel like. I mean, that's the main thing Guillermo del Toro does with this movie is uh, convey the emotion of these different characters. Even Michael Shannon, you feel as creepy as he is, you feel what he's feeling. Yeah. Like from the movie, like even just, you know, his home life and the most important thing to him is his job and his work and, uh, you know, basically quote protecting the asset well that's a great point the scene he has with and i forget the actor's name that plays the 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 doctor that then becomes the um uh the double agent yeah it's a michael uh stuhlberg um uh yeah michael stuhlberg who's a fantastic actor 
You know, and he's that's great. a guy. Huh? Yeah, he's great. Yeah, Boardwalk mm-hmm. Empire and Fargo. Yeah. And always plays a wide range. He played an alien in, in one of the uh, men with uh, men in men in black. Like he's you know, he's got a really like unique. He's played a lot of really cool, interesting sort of supporting characters throughout his career. Mm hmm. And there's that great scene where Michael Shannon, of course, is being an asshole, come back in, protocol, knock, open right. the door. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Then Michael Shannon explains, and you have a moment, when you have a moment of empathy with the, the awful, the, the worst person in the movie, Right. that's mm-hmm. effective filmmaking. Yes. Michael Shannon's mm-hmm. like, look, I got to take care of my family. We got to move up the ladder, so I'm going to do whatever I got to do. Because that five-star general is introduced, who's yes. an asshole. He's a, mm-hmm. I love that character actor. Mm-hmm. You know, he's on guy uh, from Justified. He, yeah, he, he's legitimately an asshole. If you oh. follow him on Twitter. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Nick Searcy. Yeah, yeah. How so? He's a right wing wingbird. Ah, oh. mm. all good for him then. Go yeah. fuck off. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that scene. He's like, count my stars. You know, right. he's just a five-star mm-hmm. general asshole, and and. I, I, it's and it's it was all leading towards you know the uh, kind of like that military mindset of like well if we can't use it as a weapon we're going to need to destroy kill it. it yeah yeah kill it just kill it and mm-hmm. the thing too I love a Guillermo del Toro wove in all these little things yeah we got him in the jungle and he was you know this this fish guy was was preventing oil exploration so we had to get him out of there and it's like wow. That's what the American military is really all about. That's their main job. You know, like there's, uh, I was watching the show Empire Files, uh, which is on Telesur, which is also on, you can watch it on YouTube, about Chevron has just been digging for oil in the, in the. Um, Have they found any fish men? No. Well, <laughs> not that they're telling us. But, yeah. <laughs> but they've contaminated the river. Indigenous people are having, who live there are having all this cancer and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And I just love how we just, in the middle of this, this movie, he just weaves in. There's little breadcrumbs for uh, an environmental message. Yes. Yeah. Such a great environmental message. And also, I believe they say they found him in the Amazon where the original uh, creature from the Black Lagoon was, was set. So, <laughs> which is great. Which is yeah. like, and I think that's Guillermo del Toro's. It wasn't a, a, a mistake. No. It was mm-hmm. his tip tip of the hat of like, oh, I grew up with these creatures. This is my interpretation of a modern day creature feature love story. Yes. Mm-hmm. I want to take all of these things and put them together. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and just giving a voiceless person a voice. Yeah. You know, letting them, letting a marginalized person find love. Mm-hmm. Um, the evils of, uh, you know, military and corporate power. Yeah, he said like the uh, one with the love story. He said um, in an interview, it was like, "Well, it's the shape of love is the shape of water." You know the way because meaning that it's fluid and you you can't you know fit it into any one container. Right, uh, like, and it it takes the shape of whatever container it's in. Mm-hmm. It's a famous Bruce Lee thing when he was on Dick Cavett. Like be like water. Yeah, you mm-hmm. put water in the cup, it becomes the cup. Put water mm-hmm. in the bowl, it becomes the bowl. Yeah, become like water, my friend. <laughs> So I, I really like the other thing I liked about Guillermo del Toro's movies is they're lean. Like there's not, you know, there, there's uh, he trims the fat out of his movies. Like when you look at everything from Pan's Labyrinth to, um, you know, Shape of Water, you're like, you're like, there's there's never this three hour long, you know, just I'm like, oh, God, it could have could have taken 40 minutes out of that. Two hours and three minutes. Yeah. That's with a mm-hmm. long credit sequence. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an hour and 50 
minus the business at the end. You yeah, know what I mean? and it didn't feel it didn't feel like anything was like ex- extraneous. Like it felt like, oh no, I needed every single one of those scenes in the in the movie. I mean, this is a guy who you know he did uh, Hellboy. You know, he did mimic like early in his career. You know, it's just like, and even those films were sort of studio films and and um you know it's interesting i didn't like his first movie chronos uh, i believe right. it was mm-hmm. it, it's i just had ron perlman in it and it was just it was this weird kind of vampire story but not really it was no. just it, it wasn't a great movie so it's interesting to see like when a filmmaker is allowed to develop what they can actually turn into like 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 if you told me like years ago well, this guy who did Cronus is going to make Shape of Water. I'm like, oh, there's no way he doesn't have it in him, and right. uh, um, it's just it's it's such a progression for what he's done. Especially yeah. Pan's Labyrinth is a brilliant film too. Yeah, and then he did Pacific Rim, which yeah, we really liked. It was a fun action, you know. Yeah. And he's doing, uh, and so I can't wait for Uprising. Pacific I mean, Rim. it looks great. I know he's not directing it, but. Uh, it looks really fun. He's he's directing an untitled Michael Mann di- documentary. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. So it's just like he's doing Pinocchio. That's been announced. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like I think this this I'm hoping that this movie because it's getting the award accolades and and it's getting a lot of attention. Again, it's a twenty million dollar movie. Right. This is not a hundred million dollar mm-hmm. big epic. I mean, easily like when you look at a movie like Hostels. Uh, $40 million. You can mm-hmm. see, okay, I could see that costing $40 million. I don't know how they pulled off Shape of Water for like ni- 19 or, or whatever they, they said it was. Like they really, um, every dollar is on the screen up there. Yeah. And I mean, even, I guess no no mega, st- I mean, Octavia Spencer's a big name. Well, I'm sure Jacob. everyone went at a reduced rate. They had to have right. to make the budget. Yeah. And especially mm-hmm. if it's like you want to do Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Do, what do you, right. Exactly. Cut, cut it. Yeah. Take cut, <laughs> yeah. cut the money. I'll do it. <laughs> Um, I mean, most of the budget's on the water bill, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a tank of water, yeah. <laughs> I mean, just, you know, creating and designing the creature, I'm sure, ate up some budget. But then you it's also, it's a period piece. You have a lot of money into, uh, you know, the period clothes and sets and all those yeah, things. Yeah, and, and, and cars. The, the cars. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I love the old movie theater, and I love how her apartment's above it, and then the, when the scene where they she fills up her bathroom full of water, or the monster does or whatever... Uh, so that they can make love underwater and then it leaks down into the theater and then the theater owner comes up like, I got four paying customers down there. I got to give refunds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like scenes like that were so, it the way that was done, it's funny, it's heartfelt and you know, like, this woman having sex with a fish guy. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> Floating in her bathroom. Like, yeah. none of this could happen. But uh, On paper, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds insane. <laughs> yeah. It sounds insane, but it's like, oh, it totally makes sense. Yeah. And her, her acting is amazing because she can't she can't speak exactly so she has to rely on expressions and uh um just body language to get her emotions and point and dialogue essentially dialogue across i mean her inner dialogue is uh essentially her movements in sign language and you know her facial expressions so it wasn't an easy role no and then the how they did the 
the the creature. I mean, some of the the eyes and expressions of the creature were like that was amazing acting, right. you know, mm-hmm. and how that was pulled off. Well, you have a lot of times what happens is uh, with the practical effects, you have you know Doug Jones is in the suit for the creature, and then um, they layer over the computer generated effects on top of that, like you know everything from an eye blink to thing, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. They so it's a combination of practical and visual effects, but it's done so seamlessly that you know you don't go, oh, that's a practical effect, that's a visual effect. It's it's it combined and for, great for twenty million dollars. They yeah, made you yeah. not see any of it, right? Mm-hmm. And like the scene where, um, you know, he it's the morning after Richard Jenkins is is having breakfast and, and the creature hurt his arm. Right. And and Sally Hawkins is like patching up his arm and then she mm-hmm. goes into the other room and he's afraid to be in the room with the and then the creature comes up and puts his hand and it's it's funny because it's cute because Richard Jenkins is like, I don't know if this is sanitary, you know, yeah. which I would feel too. Like I don't know what this what <laughs> Yeah, there's what kind of bacteria does a fish monster does a have? Fish monster have from the Amazon <laughs> yeah. and my open wound. Right. And then he touches the thing and then touches Richard Jenkins' bald head. And Richard Jenkins, okay, I get it. Like, he's like, yeah, yeah. He's scared, but he's like, okay. And puts his hand, you know. And it was like, that was such a warm, touching moment. And then the next day, his hair starts growing. Right, whatever. right. <laughs> he sees hair in the mirror and he's like, huh? And then he looks and sees his hairpiece because he's got this really flagrant mm-hmm. hairpiece, mm-hmm. which is funny. And he's like, yeah, he like heals him. Right. Mm-hmm. And the two, like Richard Jenkins, He's a broken guy. He's trying right. to get his ad job back, and he's got a drinking problem. Right, and he's uh, a gay man in the, uh, fi- I think it's, it's 50s, right? Yeah, late 50s, early 60s. Late 50s, early 60s is it. where we're kind of I set. thought I heard Kennedy in the background on one of the TVs. That's why I thought mm-hmm. it was at least 60, 61. So it's, yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so so everybody is like not allowed to be who they are. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, Mike- and and even that scene in uh, at the pie shop where uh, just even stuff that seems random, like the fact that the pie shop owner is putting on an act, like saying like you know like y'all come back now, you know that and uh, like the down home. Uh, old, you know, old 50s style diner is like, nah, we get the pies delivered. We don't make them here. And, you know, I don't, uh, you know, it's not my real accent. And yeah. so, so everything <laughs> is like, it's a facade. And uh, then when he comes in and he, uh, Richard, Richard Jenkins, Jenkins comes in. Piece. Yes. The facade, you know, yep. uh, mm-hmm. her, her facade of, of putting on this homely little mute, you know, cleaning lady. Like, like nobody is allowed to be who they really are. Mm-hmm. And then even then when he hits on the pie store owner, then we get into the racism of like, well, you, you shouldn't come back. This is a family shop. Right. So, uh, well, you know. Right and before this, that, he kicks out And before that, he kicks people, out two yeah. black people. So, so uh, yeah. and, and uh, it's like, but, the, you know, I, these are all reserved. And like, but there's nobody here. It's like, no, they're reserved. So he kicks out the two black people and then, Richard Jenkins hits on him and is like, well, you better leave too. Whoa, whoa, whoa. This is so, so you have, um, you know, all these also um, uh, episodes of intolerance that also is reflected by, you know, the creature and Sally Hawkins of, you know, the real world versions of those. So everything is in the movie showing you what was going on uh, where, you know, the creature and Sally Hawkins are allegories of this time in 
and uh, place in history. So it was really an interesting reflection of everything that was going on at the time. And also, obviously, there's real-world reflections to be had as well. Uh, But I really just felt like every single scene and every single moment was calculated and deliberate to make you feel those emotions of um, everything from the injustice to the intolerance to um, rising above it and seeing, you know, that love and that compassion that, you know, you can have all those things. If we can get past these petty emotions, we can get to the good ones, regardless of how broken or how, um, you, you know, how broken inside that you are. And it's mm-hmm. it's fitting, too. This was, this was not a mistake, obviously, nothing that he does, is that the doctor character we find out as a Russian spy. Yes. And because it's the Cold War. And in this, we are in another... Uh, ridiculous McCarthy era <laughs> in America right now that then that guy has a heart. Yeah, and he, he, he doesn't want to see the creature killed. He's just like, he's a man of science and he has a heart and even mm-hmm. though he's working for the Kremlin, he's like, I gotta... I gotta say, help save this creature. I gotta help save this creature. Mm-hmm. And... Because um, it shows it's like, it's not just, you know, the American government. It's, you know, the, no, the Russian government, they were... They were, they, they Everyone's had, they, evil. Yeah, Big governments yeah. are evil. Yeah, it's like you know they uh, they're like either steal the asset or kill it. You know that's the it's, it's like you know and yeah, if both evil governments were right. like get something from it or kill it. Right, exactly. Weaponize it or make sure someone else can't weaponize mm-hmm. it. That's that that that's the and those are and what I what I loved is it you know each government was just cavalier about it. I'm like no, this is like a living being. It might be the only one in the world. And like yeah, it doesn't matter. We don't we don't care. Yeah, it's a, if, if we can't make it a weapon, we, you need to kill it. Yeah, and you got to make sure the other guy can't make it into a weapon. Right. <laughs> yeah, I just I love the. You know, everyone is wearing a mask. I mean, even Octavia Spencer, she's the most like upfront. This is who I am, character. Right. Mm-hmm. But then she still has to acquiesce at times because, you know, when Michael Shannon moves his dominance over everyone in the movie. That's right. what he's trying to assert his dominance mm-hmm. over everybody. And she she has to kinda like, uh oh, I can't talk back. I don't want to lose this job. Right. You know, even her who she's being exactly who she is, all of her dialogue is not just it's not like Guillermo del Toro like, oh, we'll just give her small talk. Right. She's talking about her <laughs> husband and he yeah. used to like there's no more romance. He was a he was a real playboy or whatever she says. He was a real he was a real charmer or something like mm. that. And now I haven't had that in a while. And it's like so there's all this talk of, uh, you know, I fell for this guy because he was he was a real charmer. And now he's not doing anything, and I want I want real love too. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I want respect too, um, but I'm afraid to lose this job. You know, she sticks up for for Sally and sticks up right. for herself, but still mm-hmm. is like I can't I can only stick up for this myself and her in this small confined. Right. You know mm-hmm. the other. There was definitely some similarities to Hidden Figures, yeah. her characters, uh, for sure. Yeah, and and I really, you know, and when she's just like, all right, what are you doing? She's trying to stop her when she's got the 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 creature in the the laundry right laundry basket laundry the, basket. The she's wheeling him out to the to the loading dock, and Octavia Spencer knows what's going on and comes mm. down there and goes, "What are you doing?" And there's this there's this tug tug and tug of war, this push and pull with the basket, mm. and she's like, "Okay, fine." Yeah, you know, like she. I'll help you smuggle out the fish monster. I'll help, I'll help you smuggle them out because, you know, and you see her defend Sally Hawkins' character 
in the very beginning, Sally Hawkins is late, and she's like, you can't be late anymore, and she lets her punch in, and the, right. someone behind her is like, you can't let her cut in line. I was holding her place. Yeah. You know, just yeah. like, <laughs> she's always speaking up for her. Mm-hmm. That was Sally Hawkins' voice. Right. Was Octavia Spencer. Mm-hmm. And until she got her own voice. Right. The, um, the, the other thing I liked, too, is, you know, you have all those little character moments. Like, every, every character in the movie gets those moments, which is great. Everything from the creature, you know, just the creature, like, you know, slowly liking eggs or healing Richard Jenkins. and uh, But even Michael Shannon, when he loses his fingers and they try to sew them back on, but it doesn't take. So you slowly see his fingers start to rot, which is um, it's symbolic of the rot inside him where he's not whole. And uh, I just love the idea of that every scene I'm thinking God the continuity people are like you have to alright there has to be the right amount of rot on the fingers because we're going from scene to scene and it has to be a progression of where they get worse and worse <laughs> because you saw them blacken as the movie progressed yeah <laughs> and it was really you know his I'm glad too when they did the the escape when they when they first got the creature out right and they didn't because I was I was watching it, and I was like, "There's no way this Michael Shannon character isn't going to catch wise to this somewhere along the way." Right, right. He's not an idiot. He's not an idiot. He's really savvy. That's what yeah. makes him so terrifying. Mm-hmm. He's super smart, right. and evil. Because he he found the Russian spy at the end. Yeah, and he's like you know he followed him. Mm-hmm. So, and he's just suspicious of everybody. Right. And he's always it's his like, job. He's always taking those. Weird candies. Those weird green candies <laughs> yeah. in that weird green box that just mm-hmm. makes him more creepy. Right. Um, but that scene where he starts to see what's going on and he calls down to the guard tower and I was like, oh, good. So he does get in the way and then he just unloads his gun into the van as it drives away. Right. Just fingers cut off. I don't care. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like that was so, I was like, wow. He's... You know, he's the one person that didn't really have a character arc. He was a great villain. Because he was just pure evil. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing with pure evil. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, you know, Guillermo del Toro took the time of giving you a little bit of empathy for him. So he, wasn't a, so he wasn't a, a cartoon. Right. Um, so it just, and it fit, it matched. I'm like, of course there would be a, a government guy there sent in to look over the asset and make a decision on whether to kill it or not. Right. Mm-hmm. And what the scene he shows up in. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like, because you just see them. You see, they, it's they, in the bathroom where he doesn't wash his hands. I mean, what a creepy what a creep. scene! And the way he does yeah. it, you either wash your hands before, yeah, or after, never twice. Says the man's weak. You're just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you're out of your mind. Yeah. Like he's dropping all this, you know, sage knowledge on you. Let it's me tell like, you. Let me tell you about washing your hands. Like, and what a creep! And yeah, and he does it the thing like a lot of arrogant assholes. He says it as though he just assumes his audience is like, oh. Thank you. This right. is great. Yeah. Everyone's like, you're a weirdo. There's two yep. women in the bathroom. Doesn't care. Nope. <laughs> you know, isn't like bashful or hey, ladies, I need some privacy or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's just like, nope. Nope. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna drain it. Whip it out here <laughs> and wash my hands before. Yeah. <laughs> Not after. Like you're a weirdo. It's just like. Uh, uh. And explain why. Explain why. <laughs> in the in the weirdest, yeah. most, uh, like. Creepiest Scary, way, creep yeah. like oh, yeah. as he's explaining it to them in the bathroom, you're like, I felt and and it was Garrett did a great job. I'm like, oh, he 
he could kill them right now. Like right, he, right. He's thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he would get away with it. And he would get away with it. He's yeah. thinking, like, can I just kill them or is it too much trouble? <laughs> yeah. You know? But, like, the scene he when he's first introduced, mm-hmm. he walks in and the cape and the, not a cape, but like a hat and a mm-hmm. black cane. And, he's, mm-hmm. and there's a little subtle thing. They didn't put a lot of attention on it. It was in the back of the frame. Mm-hmm. So he walks in and in the foreground of the frame, is the big case that they transported the creature from, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then he walks up to that skittery, the like manager of the facility. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's and 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 Michael Shannon's like, who's in, who's in charge of security here? And the guy's like, I am. And he holds out his hand to shake it, and it's Michael Shannon. Never shakes his hand. No. Uh-uh. And it's not. They don't cut to a close up of him not shaking <laughs> the hand. It's just sort of like the way it was done is in just such a subtle way of. Just so, just he, so you know, I'm in charge. I'm not, I don't need to shake your hand. Right. Get that filthy thing that you don't wash before yes. or after or whatever. <laughs> I don't want that to get in the way of my weird green mints. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was. It was really. It's an amazing film, and and it's 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 deserves deserves to be in best picture. Yeah, it does mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Because there's no. I don't find. I didn't find any flaws. I wasn't like right. this scene didn't work or it's a little long or. You know, that one scene was a little flat. This one actor, okay, or nothing. Right. It was no. like, it was it was a really good film. It was a really cool, realized vision of a filmmaker. Yes. It was like this, you could tell, you know, it, you could tell that was a movie that didn't get noted. It was like, no, that's the movie he wanted to make, and that's how he wanted to make it. He got the budget from the studio, and he, they let him make his movie. And that's why it just felt so organic. I would love to just know... Just get the notes or the memos or the emails or be in audio of any of the meetings. They're like, there's a dance. No, I don't know. <laughs> like they floating yeah. a sex scene. When they were I looking mean, at the dailies. We, uh, yeah, yeah, like, oh, what did, what did we give $19 million Whoa, for? The guy with the toupee, none of this yeah. makes any they're sense. They're already putting it in the write-down column. <laughs> yeah, like, we'll release it in February yeah. 10th. No one will care. Like, all right, tax, tax write off. Yeah. <laughs> that was only, you know, someone's like, well, we only spent 20 on yeah, it. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's not bad. It's, it's not, not, not a huge uh, loss. You know, so. maybe it'll make its money back yeah. at VOD or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. Some of the weirdos will buy it. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> some of the weird fish fish lovers out there. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's, it's, it's a really solid film. Mm-hmm. It's a solid film. Yeah. yeah. I loved it. I, I thought it was, I compare it to like an Amelie. Mm. Or like a like a city of lost children, like a Jean Pierre Jeunet movie. Like there's that that lead character who's kind of flighty but delightful. You mm-hmm. know that same sort of thing. Like I mean, it, you could almost see this as like a, a grown up version of Amelie, to right? That, to that degree. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great and that amazing production design. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, for similar. sure. Yeah, it did. That's a that's a great comparison. Amelie is a really if you add. Uh, Russians, pure evil, and a fish guy, and masturbation, and master- <laughs> bathtub, <laughs> bathtubation. Mm-hmm. Then you you get no, but but that was the thing. That was the beauty of of what he did of Guillermo del Toro of taking the qualities of a movie like Amelie and putting it into this into a creature from the Black Lagoon movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so it was so amazing how he wove these together. Like that's not easy. No, no. Different eras, different genres of movies. Mixed them all together into a pot. And it made sense. Mm-hmm. Because here's the reason. It, it was his vision. Right, exactly. It, w- it would be different if someone was like, get me a get me a creature movie. 
right? <laughs> you know, like whatever studios is right now trying to react to the shape of water is going to be like, give us a, give us a, a you know. A she, love story creature movie. Yeah, she falls in love with a bug. Yeah. yeah and, get, uh, Universal. and get me Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Universal, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I really liked it and I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's getting the traction. I'm glad it's getting, getting the nomination. So. Yeah, I'm sure Universal's like, we own Creature from the Black Lagoon and we couldn't make a movie How like this. How the hell did this get yes. past us? <laughs> Um, so, um, well, that's, that's I, think, it. I think we covered it. I think we covered it. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you guys so much. Oh, wait a minute. Before we oh, go, wait, we got an ad. We, we got some uh, Patreon sponsors. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, is this, uh, this is, is this February dropping? Yeah. 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 No. This will be February. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. so we, uh, we were losing Frightfully Uninformed. Thank you so, so much. But thank you. We want to thank you for, for uh, several months of doing it. Yes, we appreciate it. We will we'll see you back. Many months. Um, and um, we do have Johnny Rulon. This is The Green Cheek, a junkie's guide to street magic. And it is available on Amazon in both digital and hard copy. An experimental stream of consciousness novel that follows the exploits of the muse Calliope and her immortal lover T.S. on a journey through time, dreams, and the hidden place of a s- supernatural America. Facebook.com slash Happy Horror Show Productions, and also the Audacity Performing Arts Project, a nonprofit working to bring after school performing arts programs to schools, to public schools. Audacity's primary goal is to serve those schools who cannot afford those services, and they rely on company community donations to keep the programs live. Now, CFN fans, that's you guys, can support Audacity with a $25, normally $30. Uh, you know what? This is uh, I, I'm going to have him rewrite this copy. <laughs> I think we're missing a few words right here. <laughs> CFN fans, you can support Audacity with a twenty-five dollar, uh, normally thirty dollar donation. You can receive an amazing Audacity T-shirt. Visit CFNAudacityPerformingArts.org to learn more. Ooh, unique URL, guys. Yes, check it out. So that is our uh, spoiler app. That's our spoiler app, guys. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Um, I will be. Uh, Performing, uh, headlining at O'Toole's in Honolulu, Hawaii, with uh, comedian James Mane, who mm. uh, has been on the show. That's not the primary goal. Performing or surfing is the primary goal. <laughs> it's a surf trip with a comedy show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is what, <laughs> what it is. I have the week off from shooting FNX. Um, so James Mane is going to be on the show. So if you're on the island of Oahu, uh, February 2nd, please come out. Um, tickets are available at GrahamElwood.com. And also, if you're in Southern California... Um, from February 11th through April 21st, we're shooting nine more episodes of the FNX Comedy Experience, the Native American and World Indigenous People. Did you change the title? Wasn't it Custer's Last Stand-Up? Yeah, we changed the title, yeah. We, <laughs> we got a little pushback on that title. You so did? We, yeah, we had to change that title. <laughs> so the title is the FNX Comedy Experience. Um, hmm. So Nikki Glazer's headlining February 11th. Uh, we've got Jimmy Dore coming out. Um, and then... Amazing Native American comics from Canada, from all over the U.S. are coming. Oh, great. And also, James Mane is going to be on the show in March, and he will be, since he's Samoan, uh, it'll be the first ever Samoan doing stand-up comedy on American TV. Wow. So That's a first. We're making history. This is ne- There's never been a Native American TV ser- stand-up comedy series, and... Um, so it's it's great. So we're having native comics and world indigenous comics and 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 also a handful of some big name acts mm-hmm. to help bring new eyeballs to the channel. So so come out and support the show. It's in this beautiful theater, you know. Do it. 
Yeah, Support come out. It's come really out. it's a good show. You guys, it's worth it for sure. It's worth the drive. Thank you. And then like the uh, Comedy Film Nerds YouTube page, everybody. Yeah, yeah, definitely get to there. We're almost there, almost at a thousand. Come you guys on. can you can do it. Get us there. Do it, do it. Um, thank you, Aaron Brungard, and everyone at the All Things Comedy uh, Bunker. <laughs> It is a bunker. It, it feels a like bunker. a bunker. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel like they have an asset in the next room. They've <laughs> <laughs> got an asset. So maybe Aaron's the Russian spy. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We will we'll find out if we try to break the asset loose. Yes. We'll see where Aaron see? lands on, <laughs> where he stands on it. Uh, my name's Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember Unshot first. first.